Hello, friend. Welcome back to the Wayfair Podcast. I'm Tom Vanderwell. Thanks for joining me again today. Our chapter day journey finds us in 2 Samuel chapter 16. It was verses 3 through 4 that resonated with me this morning. It says, The king then asked, Where is your master's grandson? Ziba said to him, He is staying in Jerusalem because he thinks today the Israelites will restore to me my grandfather's kingdom. Then King David said to Ziba, All that belonged to Mephibosheth, Mephibosheth is now yours. Today's podcast is entitled Disloyalty and Criticism. I recently mentioned in a chapter day post a gentleman whom I met who had served under five different U.S. presidents while working for the Department of Commerce. His favorite, he told me, was Harry Truman, who always made a requested decision in a timely way and was always on top of the many details necessary to carry out the office well. His least favorite, he added, was Dwight Eisenhower whom he observed was on the golf course more than he was in the Oval Office, and who seemed to avoid the politics and the details the job required. His observations came to mind again this morning as I read the chapter. As a history buff, I've heard it said that military generals, with the exception of George Washington, I might add, make poor presidents. Politics is messier than the military. People don't have to obey your every command. You can't just give orders. You have to persuade and cajole those who might disagree with you. Ulysses S. Grant, who had the dogged determination to order his armies forward no matter the defeat, was the right man for the job in bringing the American Civil War to an end. He has been, however, generally regarded as one of the worst U.S. presidents in history. As I read the story of David, I find it fascinating that this theme of Difficulty moving from military command to political power appears to be apt even in antiquity. David was a great military leader, but his leadership as monarch reveals tragic flaws that echo the reflections of Eisenhower by my acquaintance. Absalom stole people's hearts because he would take the time to listen to their cases and grievances, while David avoided the responsibility, kept people waiting. Despite his genuine desire for God's blessing on his people, David appears to have been more interested in personal pursuits than in national problems. In today's chapter, David is on the run for the second time in his life. This time, he's fleeing his own son. David's scandals have decimated his approval rating. He has few loyal followers left. As his monarchy collapses around him, people's true feelings come to light, and we see Two examples of it in today's chapter. I found the contrast between David's response in the two confrontations in today's chapter interesting. Mephibosheth, the handicapped son of Saul, had personally been shown favor by David. Now that David appears to have let the throne slip through his fingers, Mephibosheth repays David's grace with disloyalty rather than gratitude. There is a power vacuum, and Mephibosheth is going to try and make a play to grab power for himself. David responds by rescinding his former kindness and giving Saul's holdings back to Saul's servant, Ziba. Shimei, the Benjaminite, lets out his frustrations with David in an annoying one-man protest in which he screams his disdain for David and hurls stones at the king. Unlike Mephibosheth's disloyalty, which was a personal dishonoring of David's kindness, Shimei's verbal stone assault 
comes from pent-up frustration with David's leadership, scandals, and the resulting fallout. Perhaps David recognized the truth in Shemai's criticism. David turns the other cheek and won't even let his loyal guard force Shemai to be quiet. So today I'm thinking and pondering the criticism and the confrontations we all face. There is a difference between Mephibosheth's selfish power grab and Shimei's frontal assault. There's a difference in David's response. Nevertheless, I couldn't help think that Jesus never made such distinctions in his command to forgive others. His parables and Sermon on the Mount instruct me to forgive both hurtful verbal criticism and a very personal slap on the face. For the record, Jesus experienced both. So in the quiet this morning, I'm taking a little inventory this morning of those who've been critical of me, those who've caused me injury, thinking about my own life, my leadership, my blind spots that have given others good reason to be critical at times. I'm considering my own responses and searching my own heart to ask if I have truly forgiven them, if I have turned the other cheek. Hope you have a great day, my friend. See you back here tomorrow.